in, in a matter of hours, we could find one or two things to do that would completely change the trajectory of their year, you know, and, mm-hmm. and possibly their, their entire business as long as we kept going. And so, and that was really exciting to me. I mean, it's always about impact, you know, and, um, and it just felt like it was more impactful. So I started, I started kind of wanting to shift in that direction and, uh, you know, the agency just wasn't set up for it, you know, and, and the yeah. way that people we worked is just wasn't set up for it. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I want to do. And so I made this, I came home one day and talked to my wife and was just like, I'm done, you know, it's time to go, time to go and, and do something else. So I think that's that. important to, you know, a lot of people they'll go through their journey of entrepreneurship and then you'll, you'll hit a roadblock. But I think that like one thing you're sharing is, is like, sometimes one's just kind of not doing what you want. And that was your right. roadblock. And you were kind of yeah. like, okay, what's the shift? The Move Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. Get on it. And we're back with another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved Podcast. And I'm here and I'm pumped because I'm with Jake Olkis, but I'm pumped because we butchered it last time and you've got an incredible personality to allow us to do this again. So from the co-founder of One Too Many Mastery and Destiny to Scale, what's up, brother? How you doing? How you doing? Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad we are on round two of this. We are round two, man. We are yeah. round two. Yeah, we, got, yeah. uh, we, got, we got lucky to put it through. So how's everything going around your place right now? You guys got good weather? Uh, yeah, you know, it, the, the cold weather kind of is hanging on. So, you know, I'm in the Midwest, St. Louis. Mm. So we go from being at like, you know, 75 one day. And then the next day, yesterday we had frost and, uh, and tornadoes and all sorts of stuff. So it's all over the place, but spring is spring's trying to pop up. Yeah. 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 You know, I was just on, we were talking with somebody from Wisconsin and he was like, you know, this is real weird thing. How you like the winter will stop and then you have to actually de-thaw, de-thaw yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. real. Yeah. No, it's kind of a mindset shift. You kind of, yeah. I mean, that's how it is here. Yeah. I mean, then when you get a good day, you take advantage of it. And then, uh, cause our spring, our spring is nice. And then summer turns to triple digits. So, and humid, man, it's humid here. So you gotta, you gotta enjoy this, this small little window when you can. So, yeah, we're, uh, I'm in San Diego and closer to the water. And the only two seasons we have is, uh, you know, Marine, Marine layer and no Marine layer. <laughs> it's pretty much all nice, we get. <laughs> nice and nice. Yeah. So here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. We're going to go back until December 30th, 2021. Oh gosh. I'm sorry. We're going to go back even further. 2011 you picked up a new canon 6d my question is do you still love it um actually i don't use it that often anymore uh that's kind of wild i kind of that's that's funny i actually even forgot i even had it so yeah no i don't use it very often anymore i'll I'll bring it out to the lake house um Mm. and sometimes but man you know the new iphones are just so convenient and three kids you think that i'd be you know really kind of getting in on the, on the, the mirrorless and that, that Canon, but you know, I don't know. I mean, it kind of, I, I tried to stretch its bounds and use it for things that it wasn't really meant to be used for like fast auto fat focus and all that stuff. And it just mm-hmm. wasn't there. So I don't know, but the new iPhones, I mean, my gosh, you know, there's nothing you can't do with them. So I tend to just kind of keep that more powerful camera in my pocket. But well, yeah. the reason that I was bringing it up, obvious not, it's not just because of the camera, but that was the era of time of 2011 where really social media started to pick up in mm-hmm. imagery and things like that. What was going on in your life? You've evolved 
Uh, Jake, you're a specialist in creating offers, and we're going to get to all that. I can't wait to talk about offer creation and all that kind of stuff. But I know that in those years of like 2011, people that are buying cameras. I don't know if that was just a regular camera or digital, but that was really a starting transformation. What was going on in your life at that time? Did you use it for work? Did you think you were going to use it for work? What was going on? Yeah, no, actually, I owned an agency around that time. I was uh, I was transitioning, transitioned out of corporate. So I was in uh, corporate brand marketing for a very large, you know, you know, Fortune 500 companies and big brands, global brands, and uh, transitioned out of corporate, decided it wasn't for me. So did they. So it's kind of a mutual, yeah. a mutual uh, decision. But um, so so yeah, I ran away and uh, I started an agency. So at that time I was, I was building and starting a, um, a small agency, um, ironically working, you know, for the same brands that I had worked for previously in corporate. Um, but um, yeah, so I bought it then and I was just in a real big creative mode and just, I don't know. So I used it, I used it for quick little things. If I wanted to do uh, pitches and stuff like that before I hired the, the real professionals mm -hmm. to do the the main stuff but yeah it was it was good to have around the office it was definitely something that was used every day but yeah no during that time it was i was in um i was in kind of my first well actually it was my second entrepreneurial mode but that was the first thing i had that was solid i had an office we were hiring people uh bringing in new clients it was exciting it was fast it was kind of this unknown future kind of ahead of me sure but that's what kicked off everything i mean that was what so was your what was your medium what was your vehicle what was your agency around I, a lot of us back then were like i could build anything yeah no it was around um it was a kind of a brand uh, product launch um agency so we were we were kind of called yourself kind of a full service but at the same time, what we did is that we worked with a lot of national brands if they were launching new products and wanted to break into new markets um, and new areas. Um, that was our job. We were basically, you know, doing heavy, heavy market research um, about, you know, what were the people in that area and that demographic really kind of looking for, what was going to find triggers, what would be the decision we're going to pull them to another option from their favorite option trial this new product and then we would kind of do more of a um, budget-based kind of um, gorilla um, kind of a gorilla push into that market to launch the products so think new liquor um, you know new liquor flavors new liquor styles those seltzers and all these things were starting yeah. to starting to trend um, sure. so stuff like that new um, you know whatever it is so we had kind of a boots on the ground mentality. So part of my agency's kind of expertise was um, building teams that were already in those demographic cities. So mm. we didn't have to be a think tank from, you know, like New York or Chicago trying to figure out what someone in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico yeah. would love to do. We'd build a team that was already in Albuquerque and say like, what do you guys do on the weekend? Like what, you know, stuff like that. So it was just, and those people would help build the campaign from the ground up there. So yeah, that's what we did. Now this, this is an interesting term because I think what you're doing now, offer creation, I think there's a lot of inside of that has a lot to do with, I know we call it business to business, but it's almost like a B2C situation that we're actually running in this whole world. I think in marketing, we're really selling more to business to consumer, which is doing business to business stuff. Yeah. But when you were doing that back then, I did a lot of web development stuff back then as well. Um, but when you were doing that, 
it was a much different scenario than you're in today because the corporate decisions of how they make decisions and what you were doing at the time is much different than the type of business that you're running today, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, it's a big ship at that moment. You know, back mm. then it was really big ships, um, hard to turn, um, was not agile, um, risk adverse. Um, you know, a lot of them like to think that they were, they were, you know, visionary and they tried to have, you know, kind of innovation groups that we'd work with, but innovation groups were controlled by non-innovative people. So it was, you know, it was mm. definitely, it was kind of a weird thing. So, um, yeah, so the things you wanted to do, a lot of times you couldn't. Um, now it's just much faster. I think the world in any way, I think brands now are moving faster anyway. I mm. think that there is a lot of red tape and a lot of big stuff, especially as you get into like big name brands that you see across shelves and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think that, you know, I think that the the buyers are, are more open to smaller brands, more loyal brands. Um, you know, brand loyalty is kind of spread out across multiple brands within niche, within markets. Um, and so smaller businesses are doing very, very well. Smaller brands are doing very well and they can be a little bit more agile, but yeah, it was definitely, it would definitely was not as fast. It wasn't as fun. So, um, yeah, so, I was going to, it's almost like you were in that scenario. It's like you were building a movie and then you'd have mm -hmm. to go to the premiere and then the whole thing was a picture compared to maybe what you're doing in SRI. And I was like, you can make a couple tweaks to make a change in someone's life. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I could. So a lot of what we do now, um, you know, it's front, it's front heavy. I mean, it's actually like, you know, like we can sit down with a, with a business and with a group now and within, you know, hour, three hours as part of what, what we do and kind of, you know, our forensic marketing kind of days is look at some data, look at some surface data, as long as you have it and look at what you're doing with your offers and, and figure out and pinpoint exactly missed opportunities. It's, it's something I kind of developed back then, but I've been doing it forever. I call it hidden equity. And it's kind of like, what do you have? What's this gold that you have in your business that you're just kind of passing over on a daily basis because you're just, you're, you're trying too many things. You're spread out your status quo. And, and you're really kind of, you know, you've had spaghetti stick to the wall. And for some reason you move to a new noodle. And it's kind of like, no, go back and throw the thing that's stuck. You know, let's do that. So it's, um, that's yeah, funny. so it's, it's a lot faster, but yeah, very quickly we can find things that will, that will move the needle for a business and, you know, infuse cash immediately right into a company, you know? So so I think that like kind of making sure that we get the storyline, because I think that this is an interesting thing, because um, there was a lot of what we would do back in 2011, 2012, you know, you're kind of like had these pat like the way you were doing is a more of a corporate side. What was the shift? Where was the turn? Was it more or less? I'm not getting um, I've actually just was talking to someone was like, um, you're, I'm not getting out of the the of the job or the business personally that I want to get out of it. And now I see a duff, another thing to try, or did that start to just bleed out? And then you had to find something. What type of situation were you in the, when that transition happened for you, when you left that type of, you know, cause you really, what you just told me is you kind of took corporate and then did it on your own, which you basically yep. just kind of took your job is what I kind of was getting. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I, I took, I took all the things I guess I didn't realize it. Um, I didn't realize the the skills and kind of the strategies that I was kind of developing in corporate um, just because, you know, we had mandates from, you know, multiple levels and stuff like that. And, 
um, I was just doing a job, but I was really kind of developing my own strategy, my own way of doing it, my own way of dissecting kind of environment, dissecting kind of situation, um, all the different kind of aspects of that budget, um, market, you know, viable products, viable opportunities. And I, the way that I kind of looked at it ended up becoming a strategy. And it's not until I left that I kind of started the agency. We started the agency and kind of just doing what every other agency did. And then finally, again, it just kind of snapped and went, well, no, I'll just do what I did before, but do it here in an agency world. And it kind of brought in this new kind of approach and strategy to it. And I realized I was like, oh my gosh, this is almost kind of like my methodology. Um, and so, and then, you know, with the agency, as it kind of grew and grew, I realized that it too became um, something that was very reminiscent of, of, of corporate world and the fact that mm. it became a little bit harder to turn. I couldn't do as much because my clients were those big ships. So even though I was agile and stuff like that, the people I was working for, um, you know, still were in old modes and old methods. Yeah. So when you're coming up with sure, very quick sure. things. And so that's, that's when I, I sold that agency and started to do what I do now. And that was in 16. So yeah, around 16. So that's uh, maybe a little bit. Was it a, uh, cause I think these are really important for people like, cause I think that like intuition is quite important and mm -hmm. you know, something happens and then you take your experience and then you go, wait a minute, there could be something here. What was that moment for you? I don't want to say aha, but that sounds like it would be, but what was that moment? You wait a minute. Maybe if I help, I don't want to say the word I don't like it. You say corporate, I say mom and pop. So those two yeah. go good. But today I wouldn't say that. But, you know, when it came down to saying, you know, here's somebody that's a solo entrepreneur who could do $3 million a year, mm -hmm. your impact can be drastic. What was yeah. that for you? Well, again, it was kind of point for my corporate days. Um, when I was in corporate as part of uh, channel development, I pretty much helped. Uh, part of my job, I was in control of about 3,500 mom and pop um, businesses that mm. were pretty much dealers for a lot of our products and resellers and stuff. And so I was helping them basically expand their market because that expanded our market. So I was doing a lot of local, small kind of, you know, marketing, teaching them how to convert, teaching them how to sell better, teaching them how to market their products better. And I completely forgot about it. And when we went to agency, I was just like, Oh, I'll go for the huge contracts, you know, go for these massive contracts and retainers. Um, and you know, it got down to the point where I was like, I, I remember getting back to the point where I wanted to work smaller again. I wanted to work closer and I wanted to be able to, you know, hear someone's story about how they started their business and know that just like I said, like in, in a matter of hours, we could find one or two things to do that would completely change the trajectory of their year, you know, and, mm -hmm. and possibly their, their entire business as long as we kept going. And so, and that was really exciting to me. I mean, it's always about impact, you know, and, um, and it just felt like it was more impactful. So I started, I started kind of wanting to shift in that direction and, uh, you know, the agency, this wasn't set up for it, you know, and, and the yeah. way that people we worked is just wasn't set up for it. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I want to do. And so I made this, I came home one day and talked to my wife and was just like, I'm done, you know, it's time to go, time to go and, and do something else. So I think that's important to you know, a lot of people, they'll go through their journey of entrepreneurship and then you'll, you'll hit a roadblock. But I think that like one thing you're sharing is, is like, sometimes one's just kind of not doing what you want. And that was your right. roadblock. And you were kind of yeah. like, okay, what's the shift? 
Yeah. I'm going to go back and make a statement because I think this statement's like not statement. I'll read your own statement. But this this statement here, I think it's interesting because I think that it's it overlaps. It wasn't just this year, but I think that it opens up some stuff. In 2019, ironically, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> they were both on December 30th, but nine years, eight years later. Oh, no. But you said every coach out there offering a course to explode their 2020, same thing, slightly new package, still overwhelming and heavy on the marketing. Even it is, even if it is a whole new year, it is still going to require real work with real strategy that is customized to fit your real business needs. Mm -hmm. When I read that, I thought this was quite interesting. And we run into, and this kind of goes down to what you just pulled about these nuggets, but how easy is it for people to be in an environment like ours and also be in uh, what they would consider a saturated market? And I think that kind of what it over what said to me is like explode 2020, but it, same thing, slightly new package. Wouldn't you agree that this just happens in every, I mean, this is not going away. Right. So at that time, it would have been the same statement in 2015, 14, 13. And I think where I'm getting at is how do you share with people or even talk about the scenario that it really isn't the market? It really is. How do you present yourself? Yeah. I mean, the market, I kind of, I mean, the market, you know, has the bookends, I think market people interest and everything like that has the bookends and the bookends to shift, you know? So it's like, you know, I think if you just kind of roll in the same thing, you're never actually leaving that, that, that little container, you're just kind of moving down the line, you know? So I think, you know, the market doesn't shift. So yeah, how do you present it, present yourself differently? And a lot of times it's just about how are you attacking your business differently? What's important to you and your business. And I think, um, you know, I think it was around, you said 2019, I think um, it was around that time where we started getting busier with the kids, right? And uh, I have three young kids um, right now, 11, 9, um, 11, 9, and 6, sorry, all girls, they keep us busy. Um, oh, right. And, and my wife, my wife, you know, left corporate, and she came over and started coaching with me, she started working with me in, in our business. So it was both of us into this entrepreneurial world. And I think it was about that time that we realized that, you know, something's got to shift in the way that we present us and the way that we work, um, where where we have to be proactive on the kind of business we want to and the kind of business we want to portray and the kind of business we want to lead um, and not worry about the market. Let the market kind of find us and mm -hmm. find us and a different market kind of find us. And and really that for us, that was about kind of leading with with life and 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 understanding the life that we want, um, starting with that first and then finding a way to build the business to maintain that life. And I know lots of people say that, but they don't do it. And that's what I'm saying. Same business. You're going to attack this world. You're going to, you know, this is going to be mm. my year. And then you see the exact mm. same thing. You sell and repent, sell and repent, mm. sell and repent. And your life just kind of is this trailing flailing thing that gets drug amongst the, the rocks behind you as you're, you know, chasing, you know, this fulfillment, trying to make money and then deliver on your promises. And, uh, sure. So it was just kind of a shift for us to saying like, no, instead of doing that, let's just carve out our thing and, and really do what, what we want and then build the business to support that. And the people that, that, that market can keep on shifting down the line, but it's moving with those bookends. We just kind of, we kind of anchor here, let the market go. It gets wider. And then people kind of fall back and people kind of find us. They kind of, I don't know. They, it's just, it's just kind of presenting your business in a different way that makes sense to you. 
um, versus well, the same I, old thing that I think people are just regurgitating, you know? I think that that's the thing gets a lot of people wrapped up in their head is that uh, we're in a world of offer creation is around also who you are as a person. Is that kind of what you're getting at, right? And if that's the case, what you're saying is I could build an offer that includes certain things that I would be serving people that would be stuff I'd want to serve them. Is that mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. And I think that another thing that I was going to do, and I'll kind of pull back just a little bit, because this will dive us into like some offer stuff. But, you know, when people think about an offer, what is it that you find that people think wrong about an offer? Like when, when people are like, oh, I got to make an offer. What, what do you think it is that they're like missing totally when they, when they go to put that offer out? Um, I, you know, I think that people try to solve problems by, by mimic strategies, um, which is one problem I think is, is bad. I'm a big fan of like first principle thinking. Um, but, you know, mimic strategy being like, well, you know, I'm in a, you know, web builder, you know, I build websites or I build funnels, you know, we'll just go there. That's something a lot of people understand. Um, I build funnels. So my offer has to be similar to them, but I'm going to price it differently. Or I don't mm. know. It, it's kind of like they just mimic, you know, and I think oh, that, that I got gotcha. you. Yeah. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. I mean, I mean, you know, I don't hear so much about, you know, funnel hacking stuff anymore. Um, thankfully. Yeah. That's, but, that's actually been down a little bit, huh? Yeah. But it doesn't mean that they're, they're not doing it. Just people are like, Oh, I can't talk about it. It's, you know, it's frowned upon, but they're still doing it. I mean, everyone's just kind of, you know, looking at stuff and figuring out how to repeat that and then put their stuff into it. Um, and I get it. Thing, things work for other people, but the problem is it worked for them. It worked for them in the, in the phase of business they're in, the type of personality they are, the type of, you know, warm or cold audience that they have their, the way they deliver it, the way they can convert on it's them. That's a, there's a personal thumbprint on that that makes that work for them. So, you mm -hmm. know, first principle, I think a lot of what we do in, in our offer development, when we help people is kind of first principle thinking of saying, listen, let's look at what that real issue is and break down the components of it and then figure out a different way to deliver those components. And most of the time, you know, the problem that that person is trying to solve can be solved maybe with one, two, three, possible steps and that's it and offer everyone you know that offer you're trying to mimic has about 14 and mm -hmm. it's unnecessary and if that's not going to work for you that's going to add you know it's going to add more risk to your business because now you're dealing with 14 things instead of three it's going to add more time it's going to add more headache that's going to take away from the other stuff what's the payment of energy what's the payment of of family expense that goes into manage those 14 versus three so it's really kind of understanding exactly what is going to be the way to solve that problem as fast as it can that works for you and the business you're trying to run and and going at it that way and it's it's basically again it's it's saying like how are you going to show up and it doesn't matter what they're doing how are you going to show up to, and solve a problem that makes sense for you um it also makes sense for your market it makes sense for the people but it's it's um you know so i i think i think a lot of people are getting that wrong and, and that they're going in mimic um i think that you know I don't know. I think that people are leading with price um, first, which, you know, is a, which is always an issue. I think, um, I wow, think this people, is, this opens up a good conversation. Yeah, go ahead. This will, yeah, this will I be think, interesting. Okay. I think, go ahead. People, I think people lead with, with price. And I think, you know, when you're in launch phase, when you're in entrepreneurial, you know, first phase, you know, you're doing the, the millionaire math, you know, oh, I have to sell this to do this to equal this. Um, well, why are you doing that? It's because you have a final, you know, number result that you want, mm -hmm. you know, and you, 
you think, oh, I'll make a million dollars. That'll solve everything. You know, that'll fix everything. And for us, we kind of look back and say, well, why? You know, why? This actually, why do you want a million dollars? What do you need a million dollars for? No, I mean, I'm not saying you don't. I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm just saying like, know why you're doing it. Because what comes with trying to make a million bucks? How big is that machine, right? Mm -hmm. Again, how much time is it going to take? How much resources? How many hours you want to work? What, what do you want to give up in order to make that million dollars? And once you have the million dollars, do you need it? Are you just going to use that million dollars to add more things? You know, mm -hmm. Parkinson's, Parkinson's law, are you going to add more things yeah. and need to make the million dollars to pay for those more things? It's like, so we do, we do a lot of real searching on really what is, what down to a cent, what do you need and actually to live your life? And chances are, it's not a million dollars. Okay, great. Now we actually have a target that you have all. Of okay. Your so let, so, so let's, I, I think that, let me make sure that I clarify this correctly. Cause let me get what you're saying is that the, the, um, they lead with the price, meaning they lead with the price because they want an outcome financially. Yes. Yep. Got it. And, and, yep. and you're saying that the depth of the offer gets lost and you, you get lost in trying to close the sale instead of actually delivering something that would be incredible that you would stick with and want to nurture. Is that Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. You get into yeah. fulfillment issues because you, you know, especially mm -hmm. for someone new that hasn't, that hasn't messed up enough for <laughs> someone who hasn't screwed up enough um, and yeah. failed enough. They, they realize, they think, you know, Oh, I have to, you know, high ticket. I got to sell something for 5,000. And if I had to sell, you know, you know, 10 of those a month, then I make 50,000. That's awesome. You know? Okay, so and so they make something that they think is worth five thousand. Well, you can't deliver. You know, maybe your fulfillment is off on that. Maybe you're not, you know, fulfilling in the right way, and it's not matching expectations. And it's not, you know, that transaction between you and, and the client for five thousand isn't matching up once fulfillment starts. So, it, it's it's a to us, it's a bad thing to lead with the number, the price of this that it has to be done. It. But I'm not saying you have to disregard it. You do have to know exactly yeah. where your market is and where it is, but it has to be a little bit more educated. It's a strategic pricing you know, approach based upon what do you need that product to do? How mm -hmm. does it feed into your overall strategy and overall plan? Um, what's the job of that offer for your business? And what's the job of that offer for your, for your client's business? And there within that, um, you can find a price that, that actually works and will actually create that equilibrium between buyer and fulfillment. And, you know, I mean, it takes some time, but it's definitely not a, uh, you know, fill out a, a value ladder and just, you know, 97, 997, you know, that kind of crap. And yeah. then what goes underneath it? You know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I mean, I think that I, you know, and maybe this is a discussion that I think is really interesting because it's something that I think a lot of people could get out, but I dealt with a lot of the transition of offers in the consultative way. Um, my transition through that was really difficult. Um, I, st I still don't. It's that you have as a cost to goods. You believe in the actual product because it has been built at a manufacturer. It also has been priced at a wholesale price. So it tells you like value, right? So it's already kind of put that all in perspective. One mm -hmm. of the things that I found, and maybe you could, you know, jump a little bit on this, because I think it's psychologically putting the value in what you do, like a cost of goods to a product is very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are, 
you see where I'm getting, I'm really, I'm in, and what I find, and I found with me too. So it's like, I can learn something in this, but I found that it was like, if, if, if I had this can and you said it was a dollar, I could justify it, look at the ingredients and go here. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like people, the value of your information and what you can do, that is not as easy because it becomes personal. Do you find people having to become confident as their offer so they can oh, yeah. deliver it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big thing. I mean, yeah, it's not a you know cost plus model approach to figuring out how much you're going to charge something. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. two bucks, got three and a half dollars of cost put into it. I need to make X margins. I'll just do yeah. this. Yeah, that's not. No, the value has it. already been built. Like you, right. you're not the manufacturer, but in this case, you're the manufacturer and the product. Yeah. Like, yeah. Way. Yeah. It, no, a lot of it. I mean, definitely it's confidence. I mean, it, it comes down to the fact too, is that like, if what you do is not valuable and what you do does not bring effective, positive change that your target market is looking for, I'm sorry, but even if you can sell one or two, one or twice, you know, once or twice, you should not be charging what you think you're charging for it. I mean, you can't just, you know, can't just run out and charge money for it. I mean, it will come back and bite you. I mean, you're going to get a bullwhip, right? You're going to get a bullwhip effect and it's going to, it's going to hurt, right? It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt your market. It's going to hurt your reputation. It's going to hurt goodwill. It's going to hurt everything. Um, So yeah, you do have to be confident in, in what you're selling and what you're delivering, but that confidence has to be real. Can't be just, you know, mm-hmm. it can't just be puffed up and, 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 you know, someone says, you know, don't, you know, you're worth it. Well, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Right. I'm all for kind of that positive mindset mm-hmm. thinking, but let's be realistic. Is it really worth it? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it really worth it? And, you know, I've sold and I've helped clients sell plenty of things that have zero, zero um, financial return, mm-hmm. zero. I mean, feel good products. Yeah. Right things that have zero financial return, you will not make a single dime on the return of this. Mm-hmm. And we've been able to sell it for you know thousands of dollars, but that's because it still had value. It just wasn't monetary mm-hmm. value to them, right? It had value. It was, filling, it was filling a lifelong mission, something that was very personal, something that was mm-hmm. emotional, right? So, you know, it's all about you know, again, it's not just like cost plus. It's it's basically saying like, how is this really fitting into their lives? How is it actually going to transition their lives? Um, you know, is there an emotional? We always say, what's the tangible? What's the emotional result of what is about ready to happen? And you know, a tangible result is going to result in in a financial return for them. You know, an emotional result in result a certain bank account. Yeah, right. And an emotional result can sometimes be even much more valuable than a tangible. And, uh, and if you can touch into both, which most of the time you can, then you can justify um, spent as long as you can deliver on it, as long as you can actually fulfill on it. And, uh, and that, that takes time. That takes time to, to understand exactly how you do that, understand exactly the steps, um, the least amount of steps required to do that. And once you have that, now you're confident. Now when someone says, hey, I got this problem, I can solve that. Hell yeah, I can do that. Let's mm-hmm. go. You know, and and when you're at that point, you're not really selling. You're just basically delivering. You're basically, yeah, you're 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 transferring that confidence and and the ability for them to see where you're going to take them. And yeah. once they see that and they believe it, then you're good to go. What is it you think about an offer that triggered you? People choose, you know, 
sales. I'm going to do sales or whatever. What is it about an offer that makes you, you know, think that there's the friction there for you that makes it exciting? Yes. Um, you mean like times that I've been sold that I've gotten? No. Sell? What is it about offer creation? Because I think that, you know, anything that we're doing when it comes to these kind of things, like when you're doing an offer, you're going through, all th there's an art and a skill. And anytime, mm -hmm. you know, you have an art or anything like that, there's this, there's this cool thing about it, but there's gotta be something that challenges you in that art to be able yeah. to want to do it over and over again. What yeah. is it about offer creation? Cause that's very specific. Yeah. What is it about doing that with people over and over again that gives you the, like, if I can get this offer, is it, can I, if I can get to 10 exit or if I can get this person to believe, what is it that for you that you're like, this is it, like, this is fun. Um, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's so fun because it's, again, it's like a, it's like a forensic puzzle. It's like, it's like figuring out what's in their business. What do they do? What kind of value can they truly provide? And, and then putting together this puzzle about how does that relate to the market? How does that relate to people on the outside? How can they transfer that to other people? I don't know. It's, it's fun for me to be able to quickly sit down and, and uh, a lot of what we do is one-on-one, -on -one. Um, even, mm -hmm. in, even in our programs and groups and our memberships, we spend a lot of time in one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, face-to-face, -to -face, I think the pure measure is whether or not someone is, is real deal in my book, what I look for in other people is whether or not they can sit down to you, with you face-to-face -face and just flow and be mm -hmm. able to ask questions and then come up with yeah. answers and solutions and on the spot. Anyone can, can read a script and regurgitate stuff that they read in books and then for sure say, say figure this out and drop this into your business and just do this that's the mimic marketing i was talking about so it's uh i don't know it's it's exciting to be able to kind of help people solve problems with their own business but do it in a way um to come up with offers that will bring effective you know long-term real change not even long-term all the time sometimes short-term change um but that that allows them to to feel and have fun and feel good about the business they're building. Mm -hmm. um, again, a lot of people we work with are, are going for more than just money. They're going for time. They're going for, you know, stuff. It's like, hey, do you want to work three days a week? Fine. You know, it's like, that's not crazy. Let's figure it out. Let's be realistic on what it can look like, but yeah. let's figure it out. And, um, and, and if we can actually help them develop offers that, that excites their market, um, you know, helps their business grow and allows them to kind of keep that time and life container intact, then yeah, that's what excites me. It's just, I, I think that's really cool. And I yeah. think I used to always say to myself, cause I worked for Harley Davidson when I was younger oh, cool. and then I worked for Honda when I was younger before that. And I used to always go, man, you know, I was fortunate to work for good products. Right. Yeah. I mean, Harley used to leak everywhere, but the good product was really the branding. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you've got like Honda and it's like, well, you can't mess that up, you know? So that, that was a beautiful thing. And I remember as I got older, I said, man, as I, as I get older, I, if I have something that I'm super confident about, you don't mind going the extra mile. Working for Harley Davidson when people came in was not that big of a deal when it came to them offering something. They all knew that it was X amount of dollars. These are all the things that you're going to get with it. But really in the offer, I talk about this all the time. The offer really is you're going to get yourself a weekend warrior on Sunday. You're going to feel like you're this guy. It was never about you're going to get a bike with a different seat on it. It was right. always about the way that you're going to go from there. And so when I look at it, having the confidence behind your offer changes the way you sell by, oh, yeah. by oh, far. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's why, that's why it has to be more strategic than 99% of people that I see making offers 
it has to be more strategic. There has to be real thought and reason behind it. Um, it's something that doesn't, you know, it, it's, you know, it has to be that way because you have to be comfortable. You have to, you know, I mean, thinking about your Harley, I mean, you know, you're selling this to a Harley, but you're, you're selling an engine with, you're selling an engine with wheels and knowing very well that they're going to want to come in and, and take half the stuff off and mm -hmm. buy all these fixtures and mm -hmm. customize it and make it their own and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. you're, you're basically, your confidence is sa saying like, listen, I'm selling you the opportunity to build whatever the hell you want. Mm -hmm. And then, and then have your freedom on the weekends or after yeah. work, you know, and, and show up someplace in a completely different personality, yeah. you know, and, um, and, and that's, there's confidence in knowing that that person is going to want that and that you're selling something of true value. I mean, it's not just a bike. I mean, the bike's not going to be worth what it is going out. I mean, maybe it is in some cases, but you know, you're in selling this, in this market. Out. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. But it's, um, so yeah, you have to be strategic about the offers you make because you have to be confident. You have to, you have to be excited about what, what you're selling and, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's what I see. It's just, it's a, for some reason, I kind of see it out there for a lot of coaches and, and consultants, but their offers are kind of, they're afterthoughts. They're, they're, they're afterthoughts for what they think they should be doing or what they saw someone else do or what, you know, they learned in some course or something like that, or something that they think will, will kind of check the box for the, for the amount of money they're trying to charge. Or they think that they need to charge. Yeah. I, I, I think that you keep going back to that because, you know, when Harley Davidson made the Harley, and again, we're just on this, but he decided to make a motorcycle. He didn't say, mm -hmm. I want to make a, a $4,000 mo motorcycle or whatever it was. He said, I want to make a motorcycle. And he yeah. went out and made that motorcycle. I said, I want people to show up and feel good, or I want to be in the war and have people shoot off my motorcycle. I don't know, whatever it was. Yeah, right? yeah. But I think that, yeah, I think that that's like, it's really, yeah, that's, that's really kind of what people want in mm -hmm. the long run. Mm -hmm. um, in offers, uh, what are the stages? And I think that this is probably like super important for people to hear, because I think you could give this really good. When somebody comes in to start their offer, there's stages until you find it, the one that sticks. Like, I think yeah. it's a living, it's a living and breathing thing. Yeah. And I think that there's an emotional, uh, what you say, like, um, uh, like in, in, in our move 30 that I do is like 30 days of like these actionable things that you take. And like mm -hmm. by day seven, if you're doing an actionable thing, 99% of us feel like I'm going to quit. Cause this is just kind of dumb and I know mm -hmm. what to do it, but I don't want to repeat it every single time. Right. And then day number 14, you're like, okay, I can do this, but it really sucks. But this is how I feel. What are those stages of people create an offer? I feel like an idiot or I'm confident and then I'm not, you know, what are those emotional things that happen in the journey so that people can go, Oh, then that's where I'm at. Um, I don't, I mean, I think, I think if, if I said all the things, <laughs> all the above, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone kind of goes in a different stage, but I think it's important to know that it never really stops. Mm -hmm. It never stops. Um, I think you can, you can get in, you can get excited. You can go, Oh, I think, you know, you get excited because you go, I'm creating something that, you know, yesterday I didn't have anything today. I have something and I'm going to push mm -hmm. it out there and all these people are going to come buy it. And, and, you know, um, it doesn't happen that way. 
And then all of a sudden you go, well, that, you know, that sucks and I suck and there's something wrong and I need to, you know, do something else or I need to rethink it or, um, you know, and you get depressed and then you kind of, it's just, I mean, everyone knows a roller coaster and I mean, it's real, but it never, never, never stops. I mean, you know, and I'll say, I'll be completely honest, you know, there's, there's stuff in our business that, you know, over the past two years, you know, we kind of just watch and we kind of take note, we kind of just look mm-hmm. at it and all of a sudden we go, okay, you know, we kind of look at each other and go, you know, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel right. Something's wrong yeah. there. I feel like, you know, I've been feeling like this. She's like, I do too. Oh my God. Okay. Well then let's fix it. So then we go in. So right now, you know, we're looking at, we're looking at updating some stuff and, and switching, switching stuff over and kind of really kind of saying, okay, I, we want, we want this person, this person at this stage, you know, in our whole process, this person is st- this stage, this person, there's lots of them out there and we know it because we talk to them mm-hmm. and, and we get them to that point, but what do they really need? And what we're giving them probably can be tweaked a little bit. So we're doing some stuff and we were working on stuff yesterday and I feel it. She's like, I feel this like feels really, really, you know, good and clean. And, and um, you know, so it even happens to us that we kind of sit there and go, yeah. Oh gosh, you know, it's working, but I don't really like how it's working. And, and yeah, I think, I think we, can, yeah. we can press forward or we can, or we can change it. And, you know, I mean, with everything I've always done, it's like, if something doesn't feel right, I change it. And I don't, I don't try to power through it. I change it, you know? And um, well, I think that like, it's perfect what you're saying that because I think that like a lot of people I've dealt with it, you're dealing with it. And I think it's like, even though, you know, you, you have a basketball, you still have to go like play and miss shots. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's part of the game. And so I think that like what you're sharing is like so important for people that are making the offer, because if they're making the offer, you don't have to live with it. One thing that I, it was a long time ago, I saw this, but when I was in retail, you don't, one thing that you don't do is you don't have somebody come in and then let's say that I was selling some sunglasses and it's a $125 ticket. You wouldn't be like, Hey, I'm selling these for 89 over here. And then you're like, sell them for 189 over here. And then I can give them a thing over here. It's really like, what does the market dictate that the brand yeah. already established the price point was? Yeah. But when we do offers the way that we're here, one thing that I think people underestimate is you can try to sell it at different prices, put a different thing in there. You can literally sell the next person, the next 10 people, something not totally different, but you can give them little things in, in that scenario. I think there's some flexibility. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, you know, it, it, to me, it depends on, it depends on, it depends on the model, the fulfillment model of that particular offer. Um, you know, obviously if you're doing something in like a group, we do, we do almost, um, a lot of hybrid group programs. Okay. So lots of one-on-one, uh, private work within group programs, um, and stuff like that. So it's very difficult. Like we would never, we would never sell, you know, entry to something like that more expensive for one than we would the other. Um, yeah. you know, we, we reward people for longevity, you know, obviously, but, you know, so coming in, I mean, we're just kind of saying we're, you know, everyone kind of is the same now for, you know, for private work and stuff like that. When we work with people a little bit closer. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You have the ability. Um, and, and, you know, if, if you're actually in a true, you know, I'll call it a sales conversation. Sure. I hate that because you're not selling, you're just trying to, you're trying to figure out how to solve the problem they're having. And, and what is your expertise and assets that you have and process and methodology that's going to allow you to do that. Um, 
but it's it's yeah i mean definitely if if you're talking about going deeper than than the last one or or providing more or hey you know what honestly it's like we could do all these things but you don't really need that right now i mean being honest with them understanding exactly what's going to get them i mean you know i do the i pull back all the time and saying like you know here's something you know yeah you know i know you're talking about this and and really typically i could probably come in and sell you something for you know five figures but you don't need it you don't need it so let's not do that because mm. really that's just going to piss you off and you're, you're not you're not going to be happy with ha- with, with what's yeah. happening you know so let's pull back let's do this and this is going to cost you two thousand dollars you know mm-hmm. it's like you can change your pricing based on what it is the, the main thing is that yeah again like it went back and said there has to be an equilibrium of that transaction that the person on the other side has to understand exactly where that is going right mm-hmm. and understand where you're taking them if they understand that and they're good with the price that you're charging them to do that they're going to be happy with it, especially yeah. only if you can actually reach that destination. And if you and if you're doing it for less, and you pull back, and and you deliver on your promises. Why in the world wouldn't they continue to go to that next destination with you? You know what I mean. And so I agree. So I think I think you can be the agile with that, but it has to be the delivery, the fulfillment moments have to be set up for that kind of thing. Um, you know, I mean, I we've all we've all had it. I mean, coaches where you sit there and you you see a program or something like that and you buy it for X amount of dollars. And then also you get an email and they're like, Oh, well, we're selling this for, you know, <laughs> you know, half the price. And you're like, I just bought it for that. Or I don't, you know, that, well, I definitely, I, I think that my framework and what I was saying was that as you're going through that offer, you know, don't be afraid to throw things in the offer to find out what grabs people, but the, sure. you know, it's like, okay, let's kind of, you know, like you were saying the, the, a bit ago, you're like, Hey, maybe there's this, you can kind of put it in, sell the same price, whatever it is, but you're seeing if that's like the thing that's going to hook people. Well, what's your, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will, I will just say this a lot of times it's not about like, for me, when I, when I think about it that way, it's, it's, again, it's just understanding like what is going to solve that problem for that person. So if you're like, mm-hmm. listen, what I'm hearing in this conversation, if you're talking to them, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that, you know, you sound to me like you require a little bit more, you know, accountability over anything. You know, we could come up with a plan, but you have a hard time kind of sticking to it, you know, mm-hmm. so let's do this. And that still the same offer delivered in a different way, emphasis on a different part, which could dictate a different price, you know, mm-hmm. and the price doesn't have to be more. It could be more profitable, but less money because yeah. now your accountability, you know, moments are tiny. Your effort to deliver. Yeah, exactly. So it could feel really good. Like I said, the equilibrium, it could be really good on their end because they're like, yeah, I'm getting this really easy to deliver on my end. And I might be making twice as much in profit based upon my effective hourly rates. You know, how much time I'm spending to how much money I'm getting back. So I was doing yeah. a bunch of offer stuff and um, I picked up my uh, Oculus. I put yeah. that thing on and I have that poker VR poker star. I think. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. You've heard of it. I don't know. Well, poker it, star yeah. probably. Yeah. You play it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll look with the up. VR. Yeah. I'll look. We got to do it. Yeah. Tell me it's not the best thing in the world. It, it's kind of weird, but yeah. It's, it's totally weird. So for yeah. anybody who doesn't know, basically you put it's poker star or whatever, you put that thing on. And the moment that you have, have you done it with your buddies? No, no, I've, I've never done it with anyone I know. Dude, no. it's the best thing in the world. So basically oh. you put this on and then you look over to your right and your buddy's there and you just start laughing because they look so much like it. But that's not the kicker. The kicker is you can go in your stash. <laughs> And you can grab cigarettes. Oh, no. I've already done that. 
oh man, you could grab cigarettes and you could smoke them and you go and it blows them out. They have cigars. Oh they no, I've never swords. done that. Oh man, it's great. It's uh-huh. great. Now I went on that tangent and I forgot what I was going to say because that was so much fun. But well, I guess that other than that, let me think. Um, oh, that's what it was. I had gone on there. And if you remember, you go into the lobby mm-hmm. and then you're waiting to go in. Well, when you're there, you look up and they're basically selling you all these tokens and stuff. And it was really interesting because I looked up and this VR thing and there was just literally this box and it was an offer. It was like, yeah. okay, this and a bonus this and you get these with this. And so I guess where I was getting at is how much in your life do you find yourself being out in normal world? And you're like, hey, that, they're doing an offer right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, everything's an offer. I mean, mm-hmm. every single thing is an offer if you think about it. I mean, and, but I mean, that's that's like the perfect the perfect moment for that. I mean, think about how how many people actually click on those things. I mean, I, I, I've never done it, um, but it's it's, um, you know, it's the I mean, it's, it's absolute intent. There's a reason why you're there. Um, you know, you're kind of hooked. You've been there for a little bit. You're out of the game. You're back in the lobby or you want to get into a tournament and and you're, they're dangling that prize money in front of you, but you don't have enough to get in there with the buy-in. So you yeah. it's really easy. Your card's already loaded in, you know, exactly. it's like click. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I mean, they understand exactly who they're talking to. They, they basically say like, here's how to solve the problem. You probably have maybe one of three problems right now. You, you know, you're out of cash and you're burned out mm-hmm. and want to get back in. You want to get into a tournament or, you know, or you want to you know, level up and get into, you know, that new set of games or anything like that. So it's, um, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's all around us. It's just, it's just, you know, and, and they're your- simple, simple things. Yeah, they are. And I think it's kind of like when you open your mind, you kind of go, wait, people are making offers to people all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's it's that weird on these two things. And I think that these are I, don't, I think that there is no question on the bigger side, but some people like to go against them. What's your thoughts on bonuses and your thoughts on guarantees? Um, you know, you know, I don't know. Bonuses for me, I don't we don't, I don't do bonuses. Um not to say I haven't. Okay. So, you know, someone's listening or watching this and they go, Oh, I remember he did this bump. I have done them in the past. Um, I didn't feel good about it. I just feel, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of, it kind of grosses me out. I don't know. I, I find it to be like, listen, if I can't attract you based on what I'm offering, then, you know, sweetening the pot means I haven't done a good enough job with what I'm with the problem mm. I'm trying to solve. Um, now, you know, that to be, to say that, I also say that on calls, like I said, hey, listen, if you really want this, we can we can just jump on the call anytime you want. I'm agile. I can work that out. I can, you know, yeah, we can do, you know, we can do texting. And, you know, if you need something during the week, just text me. Mm-hmm. That can be considered a bonus. Mm. But it's not like it's not like red flag bonus bonus. And here are the bonuses. So I think that I think that there's a certain to me, um, once you become kind of sophisticated enough in, in marketing, um, especially internet marketing, you realize that bonuses are really nothing. They're just things that should be included anyway, that just got a red circle wrapped around them to entice people going, wait, there's more. Um, so but is that a psychological trigger that no matter how much we don't like them, it works like a bait and switch is the same thing. Nobody liked it, but they sure sold a lot of shit with it. <laughs> I tell you what I, you know, and yeah, I mean, it could be, I mean, I understand that like, the problem is the so bonuses typically 
are things that will solve the next problem or there's mm. things that are solving the problem before the problem you have like right now that you should be solving before you buy the big thing. You know what I mean? And, and you know what I mean? So like, Hey, listen, I'm trying to, you know, increase, I want to increase sales. Well, and here, you know, the bonus says I'll give you my, you know, highly converting sales page. Well, I should have a highly converting sales page and be working on that before I sit there. How do I, you know, how do I market better? You know, or something like that. Mm. It's like, there's certain things you should fix or, okay, after you get the sales page, how do you, how do you, you know, here's my um, retargeting, you know, funnel campaign that'll bring people mm -hmm. back. Well, that's going to be the next problem I try to solve. So it's kind of like, you know what? I mean, I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I, I prefer to really kind of just say, listen, this is the offer. This is what I'm going to do for you. If you're the person that wants that and needs that and feels good about it and you like us and you want to work with us and you want our level of attention, let's talk. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, I don't need a stack on all this stuff. And I don't, you know, like even the offer stack, I know people love it, you know, but I, I it's just not, it's just not something we want to do. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I just want to offer you something. And if you want it and you believe me and it feels good and it's going to solve your problem, let's go. And yeah, it's, yeah. and that's, and again, that goes back to being like, listen, I'm just going to market and be, you know, do the offers and build the business that works for me. And yeah. that will attract people that like that, you know, and, and, yeah. um, and mimic marketing. That's, they did bonuses. So I got to do bonuses. Oh, you need at least three bonuses. You know, you need, you know, you need two upsells and this and that. I get it, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't always work. And if it doesn't feel good for you, don't do it. And so, you know, what was a, what was a past offer that you just thought was super cool? Like you worked on one and you're like, dude, this is going to be cool. Um, oh gosh, we have, um, um, we have one right now. So I have a, a um well i don't know i mean god we have a lot of them but uh th so uh working with a recruiter right now recruit a guy who is an ex-recruiter that um his offer is pulling you know basically helping new recruiters kind of you know get to their next hire to mm -hmm. hire a recruiter and build their mm -hmm. business but the cool thing about it is that it's so short and impactful and powerful that it's really like it's something that honestly can be done in like 30 minutes to an hour and it changes their entire world. I mean, like people, I mean, the people that are going through this 30 minutes to an hour and they use that and, and it's 30 minutes in front of you. I'll teach you how to do this. I'll show you this thing and you're not doing it. And we'll, we'll set your business up like this. And this is how you approach it and just do this. And it's just that small thing that we say like huge, huge impact. And then they go, oh my God, I just made, you know, I just brought in, you know, 20 extra clients. And that means this could be $120,000 in, in commissions mm. for me. That's incredible. And he said, okay, well, let's move on to the next thing. And then they keep going, you know? So it's just like, that's and that keep going is very agile. It's a very personalized experience for them, but they're okay with that. And they believe you and they go, yeah, whatever you say, let's do it. You know, they're ready to go. They're ready to roll. And it's really, it's changing, it's changing the way people are going. People are kind of, you know, been struggling for a long time. And even in this market, they're struggling, which is crazy because there's so many jobs out there um, that it's, uh, it's really kind of nuts, but he's been killing it. He's been absolutely killing it, but he's, he knows it. He can actually deliver on it. It's truthful. It's honest. It's not, it's not overbuilt. It's mm. exactly what they need right now. 
And uh, I think that's the thing that excites me about it, that he was cool enough to be like, I get it. Let's do it. What if we did this? No, let's pull it back. And, and, and honestly, for, you know, for, you know, let's say it took us about four, four weeks to build that and uh, really kind of hone it in. And every single time we talked, we're like, what else can we remove? What else can we pull out? And so yeah. we were just, you know, we were just kind of just taking that hammer and knocking big pieces off this thing going fluff, crap, not needed, doesn't mm. require it. Let's get rid of it. And um, profitability goes up, time to deliver goes down, impact becomes massive. And that's the key. And so I'm excited about it. I mean, he's, he's crushing it. So I get texts from him every single day and, you know, we were still work together and it's cool. So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think that, um, you come across as super genuine, man. And I think that anybody okay. that's looking to just, you know, really hone that offer in, I think that I can, I've had a lot of these podcasts. I think you, and obviously I tell everyone they're perfect. Right. But I think that for the person that does offers, you're perfect. But cool. my point is, I think that you've gone through enough of these, I can feel your comfortableness. And I think that that's yeah. something that people need to understand that being comfortable in those situations, because you're basically the, you're the sword, you're sharpening their sword. Do you, do you like when people come to you with 50% of the offer? Um, where is the, when it comes to the alchemist of your avatar, where do you, <laughs> where, where do you, where do you find them in the journey? Where do they find you? Um, you know, again, I, I, we have a, we, the way we kind of set things up and the way our process is and the way we kind of teach people how to do this. Um, it's the same thing. We eat our own dog food on it. So we have this full journey and we kind of just figure out where you kind of fall in on that journey. Mm. Um, mm. So there's people that that come into some of our, our memberships. Um, we actually only have one membership um, and we can start them at a certain spot um, and speak to them specifically about what they're doing. Um, and, you know, so there's some people that are fresh. They're coming out of the ground. Um mm. And really, honestly, it kind of really depends. I mean, like, again, do you know what you need to do? If it's some person saying like, hey, I just need to make money and I heard the internet marketing and, and coaching or whatever is the way to do it, that's difficult, okay? You know, yeah. it's difficult. But, um, you know, we have people that are just like us. They come out of, you know, I mean, 16 years of corporate into, you know, agency into this and that. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't even know the knowledge and the power you have to change. Like it took me a while to understand like everything I did over 16 years was actually a methodology. Let's use that. I can yeah. use that. So it's, um, it's, it's, so I can work with, we can work with people that are coming brand new. Um, a lot of times it's, it's people that, you know, they've, like I said, they've messed up enough that they realize that like, Hey, listen, it's time for me to shift to something more real. Um, I understand that like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, enjoying my day like I used to it doesn't feel right um you know my my I'm selling but I'm not it just doesn't feel good to me I know I can do something different I know I can do it better I can't see it because I'm just you know in the weeds I'm just in this echo chambers and yeah you know so that kind of stuff that kind of stuff we can move really fast with right I mean building something from scratch you know it takes time there's a process um basically like I said, taking a hammer to something and knocking all the crap and, and dust yeah. off, figure out really what that hidden equity is. What that and I like your, I like your strategy of like, what can I remove? Because it's not like you go to, and everybody uses cars for things to buy. I think it's just because we always did that with the way they negotiated stuff. Yeah. But if you look at a car, you go look at like the MSRP or whatever. It's not like it has every piece of the car on there. 
It mm. only has, I mean, relevant to how many parts are on the car, you go look at the ticket. It's only this big and it yeah. only says a certain amount of things. So yeah. I think that your methodology of like, Hey, can we keep removing things is something that people don't hear all the time. Yeah. It's like, can I not give them that? But I think what you're saying is you create more clarity by them saying, this is the only thing you need. And then that's the only thing they get. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there's, there's, you know, in the car, there's lots of stuff that people buy on in their vehicles. They enjoy it. And there's, there's going to be certain people that want all the things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But again, is that who you are? You know, and for mm -hmm. me, for me, uh, I feel, yeah. I feel better. I feel, I mean, yeah, we could, you know, we could sell the, you know, we could sell the stuff with all the sizzle and, and stuff hanging off and stuff like that, but I don't want to do that. I'd rather sell something that performs and something that's going to work um, and something that's going to be, you know, highly valuable to you. And, um, and that's what I try to create. And people that come to us want to do that too. And that's the important. So it, it, it's a thing that people come to us saying like, listen, I want to sell something that has all the sizzles and, and they could say that, but they finally realize it's like, listen, okay, well, let's, again, what do you really, really want? And we ask a lot mm -hmm. of questions, a lot of questions, and there's a lot of aha moments. And, you know, digging into someone's business, I mean, a lot of people are freaked out by really exactly how much money they're actually making <laughs> per hour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm like, you know, it's like, you could do this differently and you could do this better and you could do this happier and cleaner. And, and again, someone's asking, someone's coming to you asking for directions. Are you going to give them the scenic route so they can go look at the ocean and stuff like that when they don't need to go see that? Or are you just going to tell them how mm. to get to the damn place? So, yeah. It, um, so I don't know. So, I mean, it's, again, for us, it's strategic, it's high impact, it's clean, it's fast. Um, and it, it, it's what feels good. You know, I don't, I don't know. So, and that's, well, that's the kind of people we want to work with. That, I mean, that sets that up, man. Jake, where do these people find you, dude? I, I would yeah. love to send them your way. How do they find you? Um, so two places I'll say, so Destin to scale is, is our website. Um, it's, yeah, it's how it's spelled destined to scale.com. Um, that's just kind of showing kind of our, one of our entry points into where we work with people, but really, honestly, it's like, if you, if you want to talk about this and you want to just jam and, and talk about stuff, Facebook messenger, just message me, you know, cool. and to say that, Hey, you found me here. Um, gladly talk to you. I like to, again, I like to get in depth. I like to talk to people. Um, and that's it. So it's, it's like content. Yeah. Put out content and try to do all that, but I'd rather have like conversations and really kind of hear your story and what you're dealing mm -hmm. with and what you want to build. So well, I think you I, laid that out, man. You said, look, I want to hear people's story. And you, you said that in the beginning. So I think yeah, you circling yeah. on that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Yeah. Well, what an incredible experience. You've been an incredible guest. I'm sure I'm going to probably have you back on. I'm going to have to cool. loop you back on. Um, everybody's going to enjoy this. I'm sure they learned a lot about it. Not only that, they learned like these transitions are real for you. And when you're doing an offer, this is exactly the transition that you have. So yeah. I just want to say thank you. The audience is going to say thank you. Another episode of the Moved Entrepreneur Evolved podcast. Jake, you're the man, brother. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks for having me. See you. If you like this episode, make sure you smash the like button and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just like Nike is to athletes, Moved is to entrepreneurs.